0: On this week's special edition of Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, we're going to celebrate the success and entrepreneurial spirit behind the downtown Little Rock neighborhood known as SOMA, or South On Main. Our guests, Anita Davis, Jack Sundell, Hank Kelly, and Sally Mingle, will tell stories and explain the growth and increasing popularity of the SOMA neighborhood. Thank you for tuning in. You ready? Yes.
1: Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and may comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business.
2: Thank you, Sun Gray. This show, Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began with entrepreneurs in mind, a platform for me, a small business owner, and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. As with all new endeavors, it's had some unexpected outcomes, good outcomes. For instance, this show began with entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs in mind, but we found it has a much wider appeal because, after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories. Another discovery that I find interesting is that many, many of my guests have a spiritual bent and the heart of a teacher. And last, that business in of itself is creative. My guest entrepreneur today, Miss Anita Davis, is uber creative, evident by all the restoration and changes she's made to the once abandoned part of downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, now known as SOMA. South on Maine. Born and raised in the small town of Murfreesboro, Arkansas, Anita grew up in a time of downtown communities with sidewalks and locally owned shops. So in 2004, when she moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and saw a group of old buildings in disrepair at the south end of Main Street, she got inspired to recreate a time gone by and began the decade-long revitalization of what we now call SOMA, or South on Maine. At the corner of 15th and Main, Anita is the landlord for the Green Corner Store, Lob Lolly, Creamery, my favorite, and the nationally recognized Root Cafe. On the next corner, a block down, she lovingly constructed a sculptor garden and named it after her grandmother, Bernice Garden. And in 2013, Anita had the idea of sharing her lifelong addiction of purse collecting into yet another unique and thoroughly modern concept by opening the Essie Purse Museum, with a private collection of no less than 3,000 period purses. I love that. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the shy and creative entrepreneur, Miss Anita Davis. You are a complex woman. I can't follow your whole <laughs> business career. So what was your business career? Well, it's, it's
3: sort of, uh, let's see, what is the word, a little jagged or a little, it, you know, it's not real consistent
2: hmm I know. I, you, 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 you're you very creative. You dabble in this, you dabble in that. Are your parents entrepreneurs?
3: Uh, yeah. Well, my dad was in a, a family business. He was a, a lumberman mm-hmm. and t- had timber. And uh, mm-hmm. my mother, she was quite gregarious and she was always involved in things, um, community things and uh, she would come to Little Rock for Keep Arkansas Beautiful and that sort of thing.
2: So your mother was involved in the community, which makes sense with you, and then your father was an entrepreneur, which makes sense with you, and you kind of got the best of both of those people. I'm speaking today with Miss Anita Davis, leading developer of On Main in Little Rock, Arkansas, and curator of her very own SC Purse Museum with a private collection of over 3,000 purses. You've become the driving force in the development of... Developing the whole south end of Maine, Bernice Garden, the Lincoln Building, the Sweden Cream Drive-In that's now the Root Cafe, and your Essie Purse Museum.
3: The Bernice Building, where Boulevard and Moxie, mm-hmm. uh, that was my very first building, and, oh, okay. and I still own that one. And I sold uh, the Sweden Cream Building to Carrie and Jack. Oh, you uh, did a year or two ago. I, I can't remember exactly, but after they got the wonderful grant. Uh, they really wanted to invest in that property, and it made sense to them to uh, buy the property. So, uh, and we really wanted to keep them in uh, the South Main area. So, Anita uh, Davis,
2: can I just say, I love you. That was a very good thing for you to do with them. Well, they're,
3: they're just such a boon for our area. They're and, great people. Yes. It's really interesting how that happens and it's also interesting that if you kind of identify your philosophy other people will will kind of pair up with you and understand that that's my philosophy too I want to do that and it's really just taking care of the land and uh, uh, we want a walkable community so that Uh, we don't have to rely on our cars so much and uh, we want to uh, make it slow the traffic slow down just a bit so that we can all walk and not be scared that we're going to be hit and uh, then also uh, it sort of makes us pay attention to the litter and the trash that's on the street so that it's not going down into the storm drains and ruining the bush creek so there's all kinds of uh opportunities there and the garden is about having more dirt you know the dirt takes in the rain and we don't have as much flood and so we have beautiful uh, little curb uh, knockouts in our area that are uh, actually planted with a lot of beautiful things. What do you mean you have
2: curb knockouts?
3: Well, uh, it's where there is dirt, where you can grow things right there at at the corners.
2: Oh, gardens all the way up to the edge. Yeah. Uh, I love that.
3: And uh, the uh, Business Improvement District uh, takes care of that in our area.
2: You've been called an accidental real estate developer. Yeah, it was accidental for sure. Our mayor, (laughs) he said you were a godsend to South on Main. That
3: is when you can uh, bring people together and also you offer them things that they need. So 2007, here comes Steve LaFrance and Steve Edwards. They uh, did the Edwards Food Giant. They, you know, he inter- he bought that mm-hmm. and, and improved it, I believe. And then uh, Steve LaFrance did USA Drug. So mm-hmm. we have groceries and we have drugstore And then we have some of these quaint little things that we have in our little pocket of the world from Mm -hmm. 14th uh,
2: to 15th. Mm -hmm. The whole place is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, And now it is a home for everything. The Mardi Gras celebration, the beard growing contest. We have a great beard growing contest here in Arkansas. Farmer's Market in the summer. Uh, Your annual cornbread festival. I think it's your baby, isn't it? Yes. Because you grew up eating cornbread. Yes. Cornbread and sweet milk at night so you're really proud of that you feel like it was serendipity your yes. grandmother's yes. name bernice yes. gardens and then the building that was uh bernice building yes is now boulevard bread uh-huh. is that right and moxie which is a mercantile store right moxie it's yes, a really fun
3: wonderful store Would laura you?
2: Kaler is an incredible woman She's doing a good Mm -hmm. job down there. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Miss Anita Davis, leading developer of South On Main in Little Rock, Arkansas, and curator for her own SC Purse Museum, which we're going to find out a bunch out about. I had a
3: traveling exhibit that traveled the United States from 2006 to 2011. It started in Concord, Massachusetts, and it ended up in Seattle and um, it went to a lot of history, small history museums in between, and it came to a ham here, Historic Arkansas Museum, and uh, Bell Worthen uh, rented it, and he rented it again because he said it was the best-attended special exhibit that they had. So uh, that gave me a clue that whenever it came back from this traveling exhibit, that it might
2: be a good idea to uh, plant it in the Soma area. So the name of that exhibit was The Purse and the Person, a Century of Women's Purses. Yes, that was right. There's not another women's history museum and basically
3: that's what it is. And women, uh, it's such a a timely manner. We uh, uh, need to celebrate ourselves and honor ourselves. And so that's what this building is about. We are showing uh, the challenges that women have had throughout the time we show uh, history decade by decade, and we have not, through 1900 to 19, uh, 2000. And so we show purses, what might have been in the purses, photographs of women holding their purses, mm-hmm. and then a brief history. So you can see in the case where the teens is, is World War One, and it's a very drab, somber time, and the purses reflect that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: then in the 20s, it's more fun and people are wearing makeup and so there's makeup in the purses Mm -hmm. and uh, smoking accessories and my favorite yeah all kinds of fabulous things mm-hmm.
2: so you've um, you've you've the root cafe is renovated and they're in at the corner of maine and 15th or 16th or where 15 uh, 15 main uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 15th and maine and now you've decided to buy the building right next door because you're the person the person a century old women's persons your traveling exhibit has done so well you think there's a need for this and you put it in and we have to say the huffington post once you did put it in included it in their list of the world's hottest museums in 2014 yeah that was exciting (laughs) you were right because they I mean that's no that's nothing to sneeze about so I drove down Main Street on the way here and I noticed how absolutely thriving and clean like you said and just full of activity and there were people everywhere and I thought to myself I would be so proud of myself if I was you well, look at
3: all the people. Okay, Joe Fox has been there the entire time, and he's right there at the end, just like these other fellas are at the other end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have Rocktown Distillery that's just come in. John Brandenburg is working with Joe Fox at Community Bakery. We have a new T-shirt shop, the Escape Place, the re- reinvented Vintage, I believe, and. Uh, South Main, uh, South on Main, the restaurant, and Oxford American, and there's just so many Reduno, the you know, the, know, and then John Bell and Chris Clement, and I would just go on and on and on, and it's so wonderful it's, too.
2: It's very much like you said. You've got the drugstore down uh-huh. there. You've got a grocery store down there. You've got restaurants down mm-hmm. there. You've got a, a green space down mm-hmm. there.
0: That's Anita Davis from the S.E. Purse Museum on Main Street in Little Rock. In a moment we'll continue our visit to the booming Soma neighborhood with Jack Sundell, owner of the Root Cafe. Coming up next on Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Friends of Dreamland are proud to sponsor Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Dreamland Ballroom, located on the 3rd floor of the flagandbanner.com building in the historic Taporian Hall, is a nonprofit dedicated to bringing back the music, the history and the party of the Dreamland Ballroom. Our annual fundraiser, Dancing into Dreamland, will be a tournament of past champions to celebrate the 10th year. Mark Friday, November 15th at 7 p.m. on your calendar. The night will include a dance competition where audience members text their votes for their favorite acts, a silent auction, free hors d'oeuvres, cash bar, and your opportunity to experience the magic and imagine the music of the legends that played on the Dreamland stage, like Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Charles, Louis Armstrong, and many more. Tickets available at dreamlandballroom.org for the 10th annual Dancing into Dreamland. Be a part of the history of Dreamland. Carrie McCoy chats with another thriving entrepreneur in the Soma neighborhood in downtown Little Rock. The owner of the Root Cafe, Jack Sundell. That's How right. did
2: you start earning money to live your dream to op- of opening a cafe? How did you start that?
4: I started thinking about it, brainstorming, uh, the idea of the Root Cafe with a young lady who was out at the Heifer Ranch with me named Rebecca. And uh, the two of us ended up in Little Rock and continued to kind of develop this idea. And while it was still in very, very early stages, I met Corey, who became my wife later, and uh, she became uh, a uh, third partner in all of the brainstorming and development of the Root. And so the three of us worked together for about three years, and we did fundraisers, which you know about. Uh, the first one was at Doc's Pool Hall um, at Arkansas
2: Flag and Banner at the
4: Arkansas Flag and Banner. That's when I met you. We how, just uh, how
2: many how, how many fundraisers did you have
4: at at, at Doc's? I think we did three or four. That's I can't what remember, I think but too. a few. You know, we'd get a different band each time, or a couple of bands, and eventually we started renting the kitchen at. Uh, yes. christ episcopal church at 6th yes. and scott street yeah so we did some uh some other format fundraisers uh we would do like a movie and a dinner night um, did you
2: get enough money at these uh fundraisers and at and at uh scott at, at um christ church did you make enough money to start a business or did you have to go out and get some a loan after on top of that
4: we ended up borrowing ten thousand dollars that's nothing it really yeah it wasn't much um but that was mainly for the Venahood to get a Venahood installed. Um, you know, th- not all of the fundraisers were that successful uh, monetarily, but we did, uh, you know, if they didn't raise a lot of money, then we considered them friendraisers. And that's right. You know, it was a way to build our email list and it was a way to get the message out that we were working on opening a local foods cafe. And
2: You've raised your money. Now you've got to pick out a location.
4: People knew that we were looking for a space for a long time we kind of had our sights set on uh 7th street tattoos you know the, the space. oh parlor.
2: that'd have been by me i'd have liked that down well there. that's right it
4: would be really close uh-huh. and uh we were uh so we were talking to them they were building that new space they were in and they were looking to uh sublet the old space because yeah. they wanted to make sure that a, a new tattoo parlor didn't go in behind them oh. and uh, take all their business so they uh they were going to sublet to us and uh For one reason or another, that didn't work out in the end. And uh, then we, uh, a friend of ours who was doing some construction for Anita Davis down in the South Main neighborhood, he got in touch and he said, hey, I know y'all are looking for a space. Anita is redoing this building that used to be the Sweden cream, and you guys should come down and take a look at it. And, um, you know, it was one of those things. I mean, we had looked at probably 20 different locations or maybe more. And when we pulled up there to look at the Sweden cream, we just instantly knew that this was that was it the place
2: well it is it absolutely Felt right, is you know? it's across from the corner store it's next oh, to yeah. the, it's next to the se muse- museum
4: right and we've got boulevard right there kind of catty oh, corner right. Mm-hmm. right yeah there's great stuff going on and uh, you know i think uh, obviously anita deserves a ton of credit for having that vision early on and she was uh, really just kind of a, a philanthropic Developer, she she brought businesses in that she thought would be good for the neighborhood and the community, and in a lot of cases would offer really great deals on rent for the first year to help them get going. And you know, I mean, another incredible thing about the Anita Davis story mm-hmm. is that um, you know she really saw a food establishment as an important thing to the community there. To South Maine. you know, she had helped Boulevard uh, get their uh get their bakehouse in no, i did know that space um, yeah i mean she kind of uh she helped them some with finishing out the building i think and uh and i don't know to what degree but for us she uh you know once we had signed the lease she was still doing some of the, the finishing construction and she said let me know where you want outlets where you want plumbing where you want things like that she had put in a grease trap so that it would be more attractive to a restaurant she um,
2: is such a philanthropist it's incredible she built Bernie's garden
4: that's right yeah which is just I, I heard she came down uh from heaven from the sky on a golden chariot
2: yeah i think that might be right i think that's probably actually where she
4: came from yeah but then uh uh eventually um uh scott mcgee he's uh kind of a, a mentor in a lot of ways and uh, he came and took a look at the you know the space and he was going to give give us some recommendations you know or you know just kind of give us his feedback on everything and he walked in and you know, at that point, we had tables and chairs, and we had a stove and an oven and an espresso machine and stuff like that. And, you know, we felt like there were all these things that we had to get perfect before we opened. And he walked in and he was like, this looks great. Y'all are ready to open. Y'all should open next week. And we were like, whoa. Oh and, and I realized that, you know, there was a point where we really had to just bite the bullet and, and open.
2: Put your money where your mouth is.
4: And then that next year, during that fall, we put in the, the grant application with Chase Bank for Mission Main Street. And we found out uh, a little bit after that, that we received that larger grant for $150,000. And that was to to do that expansion that the MBAs had recommended, you know, the dinner expansion. Mission Main Street grants are specifically for businesses. You have to be a business that has a, uh, sort of a a social community building mission. Um, They were looking for things like local sourcing or, um, you know, like, hiring minority employees, just, you know, lots of ways that, that businesses were giving back to the community. Uh, you had to have been in business for at least two years and, uh, there were a few other requirements, but when I read it, I, you know, I thought, gosh, that really fits with what we do.
0: That's what the whole Soma neighborhood is about. Doing things for the people in this vibrant community. Another contributor to that vibrancy is Sally Mingle from Lob Lolly Ice Cream.
2: So I've got to ask Sally about the name. I've always wondered since I heard it. Mm-hmm. Lob Lolly. Where Lob did you Lolly. get that name?
5: Well, do you know what the state tree is? It's a Lob Lolly pine tree. And so I wanted to... Um, I actually remember I was at Vino's with my friends, and I was trying to come up with a name for my ice cream business. And I told my friends, if anyone can come up with a name, I'll, I'll give you ice cream for life. <laughs> and so... I was trying to come up with a name that uh, related to Arkansas because we try to use local seasonal ingredients, um, so in Arkansas flavors, um, Southern flavors. And I wanted something whimsical and fun and kind of funny to say. So we were just looking up Arkansas stuff and um, someone was looking at the state things, you know the you know the the what the bird was and what the so what's the bird? Isn't it the, it starts with an M. Mockingbird. 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 Okay, yeah. And then, you know, like apple blossom, I think is the flower, um, diamond, you know. We know the diamond. Yes, yes, we do, yes. But that's
2: because I sell flags and it's on the flag. But go
5: ahead. (laughs) But, yeah, so someone said, oh, a Wally pine tree. And I thought Wally was a fun name. Sounds like you have a mouthful of food when you say it. It's kind of a tongue twister. I enjoy people kind of like having a hard time saying it because it's just fun. Like it doesn't mean it's not serious. It's ice cream. It's not, you know, we're not making. You're not doing brain surgery. No brain surgery. No aircrafts. No spaceships.
2: So just uh, ice cream. No one really thought about that name when they say it. I never really knew what it meant. I just, like you said, I just thought, boy, that's a fun name, loblolly, and I just say it. Yeah, yeah. So you decided that you were going to start selling something you love.
5: Yeah, yeah. Mine was kind of an accident, actually. I was working at the Green Corner store at the time, and Shelly Green, the owner, and Anita Davis, the landlord, got all these period piece fixtures from the store. The, the store, if you go, it has all these old uh, pharmacy and soda fountain fixtures, beautiful pieces, which the store used to be a pharmacy from 1906 to 1967. Shelly gave me the opportunity to start a soda fountain. I've worked in, in food service, owned a coffee cart on campus, worked at an ice cream store. And so she gave me that opportunity, and I wanted to make everything from scratch, the soda syrups and the ice cream, so I started that.
2: Did you start with the small business incubator in Trinity Cathedral? Is that where you started making? What kitchen yeah, did you yeah, use? Yeah, yeah, we
5: used Trinity to make our ice cream, yeah, I remember and that was that really actually. nice to have. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. We were with Kent Walker Cheese, a pie company, and a soup company at the time.
2: Sally, you went from two employees because you have a co-founder with you.
5: The co-founder was um, is Rachel Moore, and she just helped me start the business, but now my mom and me own it together.
2: Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And now you have ten employees, thirteen. Uh, so
5: the He's process fun.
2: of making ice cream is tedious. Are you still making it yourself?
5: Well, actually, I started making it, then I stopped, and now I'm back in it. Why'd you go back to it? Because you didn't like the way they did it. Um, no, that's not why. You um, love making it. I could afford now to go back. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's
2: what you like to do is make ice cream.
5: I like ice cream.
2: so you have to to sample it
5: (laughs) (laughs) well it's the creativity you know you want to be part of the creativity
2: I gotcha so is work ruining your passions
5: I don't have any hobbies I I need to get out there (laughs) Um, and also I look at ice cream not as other people do like they you know they use it for celebrate like I use it for celebration but I see it as a work but I really wanna hone my craft and make it the best it can be. So,
2: Sally, I think you just explained this to me, but what is your philosophy, your business philosophy, and your business model?
5: Oh, I'm still trying to figure all of that out. But I think my business philosophy. I wish I could see your eyes. You had the biggest eyes when I. Asked I know people. it's like the it's like, it's like what's what? the secret to life question. You know, oh, like I, I like haven't that. figured it out. But I think my business philosophy. We have we say this a lot at um, La Blaie. It's communication, teamwork, respect, and accountability. That's for my team philosophy, and it's a work in progress every day for our team, because it's like you're building a culture and a community in itself. But also for my business philosophy is to, you're part of the community. So so be a steward of the community. I love to partner with people and do fun collaborations and give back to nonprofits. And so what we do is we make an ice cream flavor for that nonprofit and make a portion of that sale of that flavor that we co-create with the nonprofit goes back to them. So be part of the community. And then my, uh, what was the last, the, not the philosophy, but the? Uh, business model. Model. I, think you said I say it. yes to everything, but I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, I think that's an excellent idea. <laughs> but yeah, I—that's how I got to do all these things. Is I just said yes. Somebody just
2: wrote a book like that, and Oprah put
5: it on the bestseller. I think it's. You said, never know what opportunities you're going to get, and everything is PR, and everything like you never know by talking to this one customer how they're going to become a loyal customer.
0: There it is again, serving the community as all the businesses in the Soma District do. Next up, the reason that this attitude makes a difference in the city, from Hank Kelly. Back in a minute.
1: You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed. Over this time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge has grown, as early as 2004, she began sharing her knowledge in her weekly blog. In 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, and in 2014, Brave Magazine, a biannual publication. Today, she has branched out into podcasts, including this radio show. Each week, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. Stay up to date by going to flagandbanner.com and joining our emailing list. You'll receive our popular Water Cooler Weekly e-blast that notifies you of our upcoming guests, happenings at Dreamland Ballroom, sales at flagandbanner.com, access to brave magazine articles, and Carrie's current blog post. All that in one weekly email. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. flagandbanner.com.
0: Up now on Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a rundown of points that have been published that actually contribute to the vibrancy of a city. Little Rock has many of these. Here's Hank Kelly.
2: Which one do you want to start with? I wrote them down in case you need help. Okay, well, I've I've got them Okay, good.
6: Um, First, people work together on practical, local possibilities rather than allowing bitter disagreements about national politics to keep them apart. That's so important. So if we get on opposite poles because one of us is red and one of us is blue right? and we can't go solve the school district issue, what good does that do if we're apart and not willing to work together to make our local place a better home? We don't take the time to listen to a different point of view
2: and a local view and, and to take and, care and of local, local stuff
6: view. but the importance of diversity if you surround mm-hmm. yourself with people that look mm-hmm. like you and think like you you never grow right. You just hear the same conversations over and over and over
2: which brings me to another one of the uh, 11 inclusive and open to attracting new types of people
6: if you don't have the ability to just spend all of your life traveling and meeting people it's just necessary to open your heart and your mind to someone that's different than you and live through them live through their travel experiences live through the experiences they have had as a jewish person or as a hindu or as a christian or as an african-american don't limit your knowledge
2: to just what you know The more you're exposed to, the more you grow. You're a cheerleader for here. You really are a city cheerleader. Thank you. And I think city pride is important. And I think people, and I think that's what Frank Scott's trying to do, is really bring up city pride. I I thought it was interesting that they had three conversations about schools. A research university, an innovative and unusual school, and a reputable community college to fill the inequality gap. And we had all three of them.
6: We have all three of them. That's the beauty of this book is if you read the book and you compare the other cities and towns that he talks about and their assets and their challenges and you compare Little Rock to that, we have the solution to nearly every one of his 10 and a half or 11 points. And the schools that we have available to us, including a variety a good variety of both private public schools at the high school level and then you go to the college level and you've got ua little rock which is a research university that's one of the key ingredients
2: yes a research university brings new students professors smart people it's akin to having a river or a harbor was once to a to a community it's the flow of intelligent people It's the flow of intelligent people.
6: So then you have Pulaski Technical College, which is a fabulous two-year institution that prepares people to either go into workforce directly or go
2: on and finish a four-year degree. It's the inequality gap for the people that can't do the four-year, that need to be working faster in two years, and it's a good one because there are some um, community colleges that are not very reputable, and ours is extremely reputable. And so you also have other community
6: colleges that support the UA system that enter in, in, in and around central Arkansas that can actually interact with UA Little Rock.
2: I thought this one was interesting, which I've never thought of. An innovative, unusual school. And if that's not the Clinton School of Public Service, I don't know what is. Or
6: you look at the East M schools. They're very innovative. Uh, so the latest East End School is down on Shaw Street, right by Heifer International. And they're educating kids at a very high level at this point. And so it's a great, great system. Uh, our fellow Rotarian Mike Poor is giving his heart and soul to this school district. And I, I believe he's got many choices of places he could be, and I'm thankful that he's here now.
2: That's nice. And of course, everyone knows this one,
6: a great downtown. Great downtown. We're so lucky in Little Rock relative to the size of our community. We have a 40-story building downtown that we're involved with. We also have the River Market area. We have Soma. We have so many entertainment areas to go to. Um, I was speaking to one of our fellow Rotarians that lives just on the other side of Soma, and he talked about how nice it is to leave his home, walk to a number of restaurants that are just within two or three blocks at most from um, his home, and People that live in 303rd River Market Tower regularly walk out of their condominiums, walk to restaurants like Samantha's, like Bruno's. Um, I, I love Flyway Brewery over in North Little Rock. It's just a fabulous setting, and it's
2: just— Yeah, the Argenta District in North Ar- Little Rock's just doing great. The Argenta District is on fire. I oh, know. that. Uh, speaking of breweries, Craft Brewery was actually one of the 11 things it's that the Mexico— it's the half. It's the half. It's the half. I half. thought you were going to say but, it was but the craft
6: brewery. James Fallows says, and I believe, it's a great indicator of the spirit of your community. So if you have breweries and distilleries, not that we're promoting, you know, excessive drinking, but, <laughs> but, but what they show is that there's enough support among the younger people that love to have fresh brew
2: yeah,
3: they Home go out apron. and spend money. Yeah. You,
6: and, and, and that determinant, he says, is direct.
2: Well, they also are the next people coming up. If you don't have the young people, your community is going to be that, dying. That's
0: right. The- and finally, we visit again with Anita Davis and a thought about the neighborhood south on Main Street in downtown Little Rock, known as SOMA.
2: I've heard you call this end of South Main the feminine area of Little Rock. Yes, because I feel like it's a
3: kind of... A uh, warm and friendly place, and um, it is something that has uh, this whole area has suffered, and I feel like it is a part that uh, really is in need of nurturing. And a, a, a woman is a nurturer by usually, so can't help it. We Mm-mm. can't help it. Nope. If it's broken, we'll
2: fix it. Try to anyway. We'll try to. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? I know you got something next. Don't tell me you don't, because I know you do. Look, she's not wanting to know <laughs> if she's going to tell us or not. It's to be continued. What do you want your legacy to
3: be? You know, I don't really even like thinking about my legacy. It's sort of like you live your life, and then other people can kind of figure out what it is that was important. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's fun to tell
2: your story. It yes. was great to hear your story. Man, oh, man, you're an inspiration to all of us. Uh, for those listeners who might have a great entrepreneurial story they'd like to share, send a brief bio and your contact info to me, Carrie at flagandbanner.com, and someone will be in touch. And to all, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on up in Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up.
1: You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple to help you live the American dream.